Time to Travel with Karen Key. Well, the Overberg town of Valiersdorp, it's also known as the Pearl of the Overberg. It's one of those best-kept secrets with loads of fabulous offerings. We just need to go there and find them. Well, to fill us in on some of them, I'm joined now by Mel Elliott, and he's the Valiersdorp Tourism Ch- Chairman. Mel, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, good evening, Corin. Thanks for having me on the show, yes. So you go onto the Valiersdorp um, Tourism website, and you sort of just scroll through pages and pages of stuff and think, good grief, I didn't realize all of that was just on the doorstep. Yes, yeah, one would be surprised as to what this little town of the Overberg can offer. And um, we, 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 we strive to, to, at the moment, punt all the disciplines which it, it, it is very proud of and boasts. It boasts a proud history of uh, all sorts of tourism activities and, and cultural activities. So, uh, yeah, if we, if we could chat about that, that would be great. My favourite thing, for people who listen regularly will know, my favourite thing is history. And this town has got a lot of history to it as well. And there's a lot of historic tourism in, in Valiersdorp. Tell me a little bit, I mean, including tractor museums. Yes, yeah, the, the Valiersdorp Tractor and Engine Club, they would form a big part of our, uh, or they would fall under our cultural and heritage sector of our tourism. It's just one of six different sectors which we strive to promote in our town. Um, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful little museum which um, the, 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 the club have put together. They've also just recently acquired the Alvin Vincent steam tugboat, which was just left to um, or disintegrate really in the Cape Town waterfront harbour. Uh, and last year they, they acquired it and, and raised a substantial amount of money and brought this fascinating 120-ton vessel to Feliesdorp via the it went via the N7 and various towns in the north and came came and arrived in Feliesdorp in in June last year, which was quite something. So uh, that bodes well for heritage tourism, you could imagine, and it's a lovely steam project which they got under the underway. So what else is there to do in, in sort of cultural tourism? That's, we're going to get into the fruit and the wine in a moment, but what else yes. can people come and have a look at? And there's a museum there as well? Yeah, there are various um, architectural uh, delights and things. We've got our, our tourism bureau has introduced the new Feliesdorp uh, cultural and heritage route, which one can come and enjoy and stay in Feliesdorp and go on this route around the town and have a look at the bit of the history relating to different buildings and, and, and historical sites. Um, as you mentioned, uh, architectural-wise, it's, 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 it, it's got some lovely scenes and, and homesteads. Um, and there are all sorts of other things. Uh, there's the Kaimanskat Valley, which is a beautiful valley or enclave, just over the, one of the, the rises of Feliesdorp, one goes in there. It's a, it's a big farming community and it's a very scenic valley with lots of history as well. So um, there, there, there's, lots, there's much to do here and um, Feliesdorf Tourism is, is, is a bureau in association with the Cape Country Mihanda as well, which was something that the Tiervardis Cliff Municipality uh, put and injected a lot of uh, funds into two years ago. And they got the Cape, Cunt, uh, the Cape Country Meander going, which incorporates the eight boroughs in the Overberg, yeah, and Feliesdorf's one of them. Now, I think a lot of people, you mentioned the, the, the 
you know, the word Tiervatus Kloof, and I think a lot of people know about that because it's a fabulous camping site. Yes, there's, there's lots of camping or outdoor venues. Uh, venues is another one of our sectors of our, our tourism uh, a, a strategy. Uh, there's the uh, Tiervatus Kloof uh, dam, which which is arguably the sixth or seventh biggest dam in South Africa, it's great for boating and all kinds of water activities, fishing, boating, swimming, etc. Uh, they've got a very active sailing club there and a very nice campsite alongside the dam, and it's safe for all those kinds of things. And then in that valley I mentioned, the Kaimanskat Valley, there's a beautiful four by four trail with huts up on one of the farms as well, which is, is, a, is a must visit if you, if you enjoy the great outdoors as well. You've got lots of hiking trails and mountain bike trails and all sorts of things there. It's a very outdoor way of life out in Villiersdorp. It is. It's pretty, it's pretty outdoor activity orientated and through our tourism bureau as well, we've got the Villiersdorp uh, Winelands uh, Tourism mountain, uh, mountain Bike Route, uh, which is a, is a very rustic enjoyable not too hectic family ride for for the novice mountain bike and there's also a more advanced one along the canal putt along the outreaches of Feliesdorp as well which takes you right around the valley as you know the cape epic uh have we've hosted the cape epic several times in our little town and they've passed through our town as well onto other towns over the years as well so we're very proud with that association as well the one thing we haven't quite got to yet, Mel, is that uh, you're very much involved in these painting sort of getaway sort of things. Yeah, well, they're painting courses. Uh, so I'm a professional artist, and along with my father, Dale Elliott, we conduct these painting courses, three-day courses throughout the year. We have 16 on our calendar year uh, from our studios or our art complex based in Feliesdorp. And uh, we, we take... Uh, creative participants or folks through a three-day right-brain journey with us from lots of painting involved and lots of theory. And uh, we just really expose the creative participants to a working, a working studio, which is, is, is quite novel. Yeah. Um, and you, well, just on that, in the same vein, you've, you've got your Spring Arts Festival coming up. I think that's in September. We'll chat more about that nearer the time, though. Yes. But that's one of the things. You've also got the Villiersdorp Tractor and Engine Clubs hosting the National Tractor Show in August. You've got that's, some quite big events coming up. Yeah, we do. So our calendar is quite full, and we're very excited and proud of that. We've got the, 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 the National Tractor Veterans Sco occurring uh, from the 8th of August uh, through to the 12th of August over that long weekend, and it's going to be a big event. Uh, you could well have 300-odd tractors driving down for Leesdorp Main Road, and it will be quite a sight. You can imagine they're going to come from all parts of South Africa, and uh, the chairman of the club, Neil Fulhuen, and his team have really gone to great lengths to, to, to plan and, and, and develop that whole concept and host it. So it's going to be very exciting, yeah. And for those that don't live here in the Western Cape, if you're wondering exactly where Villiersdorp is, it's just over an hour from Cape Town International Airport, so you can fly in and um, hire a car and pop off to Villiersdorp, not that far away. It's, yeah, it's, it's not at all. It's actually, it's, it's so in the heart of the Overberg, it actually has, it has four entrance, entrance points. Uh, so from the north coming off the N1 from Worcester, uh, or the, from the south off the N2 from Gebo and Feyerboom, 
or if you come from the west over the beautiful scenic Fonchuk Pass, which is a, re- a real special treat if you ever want to go on that. Uh, you come in from the west and then from the east side, from the Manus and Caledon Way, uh, is another one of the entry points to Felizdorf. So we're really in the heart of, and as I mentioned, adjacent to this beautiful Giovatis Cliff Dam. It's a very good sort of central location. I mean, people can come and stay in Valiersdorf and literally radiate all over the place within the Overberg on day trips. Yeah, so it's it's so close, as you mentioned, to the airport and the mother city. That's a quick in and out. The route to Feliesdorp is so scenic. And once you yeah, there's there's lots to do and, and and many places to stay as well. Our accommodation establishments, we have several of them. Uh very nice and uh efficient and well run bed and breakfast or lodges. So it is, is well worth visiting our tourism bureau if you do come and then uh, they, our, our, our office ladies could point you in a direction as to where to stay. Yeah. You, you mentioned coming in from Worcester. You, you actually form part of the Worcester wine route, and I believe the Villiersdorp cellar is the oldest in the Overberg. It is one, the oldest in the Overberg, and we're very proud to have them on what we call our Route 43 wine route. So there are several, uh, up till nine wine cellars along this route between the uh, the, the, the eastern entry point from Caledon, uh, the R43 Hermanus Road, through Feliesdorp, all the way through to Worcester till you get to Onda uh, Duren's wine cellar. So that incorporates, that route incorporates nine different wine cellars. So we're in the heart of the wine producing uh, world here as well in Africa. So the wine estates open for tasting and for visiting? They're all open for tasting. Most of them, are, they trade uh, their, their main weekend hours on Saturday. And um, there's some very scenic wine tasting uh, cellars that have, have developed uh, the concept where you can go and enjoy the beautiful vistas and the wine tastings off, off, uh, free of charge as well. And um, really good good value for many wines in this part of the world. Just two other things that we haven't mentioned, just to entice people even more to come up there. There's yeah. a nine-hole golf course near the near Tiervatuskloof Dam, I believe, as well. Yeah, the Tiervatuskloof Golf Estate. So that's, uh, it, it, it's great to add that to our, um, our outdoor activity list uh, from a tourism point of view. And it's very popular. You can imagine it's right on the shoreline of the Tiervatuskloof uh, dam, so it's 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 got some beautiful vistas and signature holes, and it seems to be very popular. As we mentioned, it's a wonderful place for camping. There's sort of you can camp in tents, and there's caravan sites, there's all sorts of things. But if there's a lot of stuff to do around there, there's all the water sports. Now we've mentioned the golf course, but am I correct in thinking that certain parts of the areas around the dam, quite close to that, are also part of a game reserve? They are. Um there are there are some camps with game and wildlife in them. Uh, those are privately run, uh, so that those farms or, or management on those farms would need to be contacted privately. But there is a uh, an outdoor centre called Feliesdorp SOS, and it's been in uh, in uh, in this valley for for uh, I can for as long as I can think. When I was a Lots of schools attend this outdoor camp uh, or orientation place, SOS. If I recall back to my youth, when I was in junior school in Neisner, uh, we we were brought here, our classes brought here for a week to Feliesdorp SOS. 
where we had the world of fun, you can imagine. It's on the mountains. They've got a wildlife rehabilitation center there, and they cater for such things. So that's the SOS, uh, Feliz Dob SOS camp which is, is quite well known. I'm very glad you didn't say how long it had been there because I was about to say I went there in my youth too. Did and you also? Don't say how long it's been there, Mel. They all think we're just out of our teens. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell them how long ago it really no. was. So, Mel, but this is absolutely a wonderful destination. Hopefully we've tempted some people and we will chat again. We'll be in touch again nearer to the time for the Spring Arts Festival. I'd like to chat to you about what's coming up for that. That would be fantastic, yeah. But, Thank you, Corin. We've got, a, we've got a full and exciting program for that festival and you can imagine a lot of these disciplines which we've just spoken about and mentioned are incorporated in that festival and it's 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 being brought to uh felized by heisgenoot our main sponsors so that's a they're good bedfellows to be with and we're very proud of our association with them so well, we'll catch up with that nearer the time. But thank That'll you. Be lovely. Thanks very much for joining me this evening. Hopefully, we've introduced Valiersdorp to the nation. Thank you so much. Thank you for that attempt and for having me on the show. It's been great. Thanks for your time. Mel Elliott is the Valiersdorp Tourism Chairman. And if you'd like to find out more about the town, you can take a look at their website. It's www.valiersdorptourism.co.za. They also have a Facebook page, Valiersdorp Tourism. Or you can read their blog. It's valiersdorpevents.wordpress.com. And just to let you know that the Omgeni Steam Railway Preservation Group will be running its Inchunga Choo Choo. It's a vintage steam-hauled passenger train this coming Saturday, the 29th of June, and Sunday, the 30th of June. On Saturday, the train is departing from Kloof at 2 o'clock. On Sunday, it's departing at 8.30 and 12.30. And on both days, we'll be travelling through the Valley of a Thousand Hills to Inchunga, where the Inchunga Community Craft Market will be taking place on the station. Well, if you want more details and advanced bookings, you can contact Bruce. Bennett on 082 353 That's 082 353 Or you can take a look at their website for online bookings and payments. The website is Umgeni Steam Railway.co.za. The National Arts Festival in Grahamstown runs from the 27th of June to the 7th of July. The biggest festival on the continent has 3,000 performances, including the best theatre, hottest jazz, awesome dance, great music, lectures, comedy, film, performance art, exhibitions and much more. It's the place to be this winter. Book now at CompuTicket. Visit us online at www.nationalartsfestival.co.za. The National Arts Festival, 11 days of amazing, in partnership with SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. Time to travel with Karen Key. The Cape Town International Convention Centre is celebrating their 10th birthday and to tell us what they've got planned and also about their achievements over the past 10 years, I'm joined now by Rashid Tufi and he's CEO of the CTICC. Rashid, good evening. Welcome to the show. Lovely to be here. Thank you. And happy birthday. Thank you. It's quite a special moment. I can't believe it's been 10 years. I can't believe it's been 10 years either. It just seems like the other day. Or I, Sometimes I'm thinking it's just the other day, and other times I think, but you've always been there. C can you imagine Cape Town without <laughs> no. the convention centre? I think it really has transformed Cape Town and sort of put it on the, on the world map. Well, it's this iconic landmark as you're coming into the city. You sort of come past it, and it's always you're reading what's coming up because you've got all the signage up there, what's happening, what's coming up. always can't believe quite what's going on there. You seem to have the most amazing, eclectic mix of events. It's an amazing place to work and to go to work every day because we have about 500 events a year, of only about 40 of which are international conferences, which still makes us the top 
sort of meeting venue of choice in Africa for international congresses. But then you have weddings, exhibitions, you know, trade fairs, government meetings. So it is amazing. And then we've recently got more into sort of entertainment. We had John Cleese there the yes. other night. So it's been, it's exciting. And we've also... I mean, it's really the people of Cape Town and the people of South Africa is, what made it, is what's made it successful. So. I think one of the big things that you've put on in recent years is the Jazz Festival, and that, that is just huge. I mean, it's become part of the Cape Town calendar. Mm-hmm. I think second to the, to the Monterey Jazz yes. Festival, it's, it's the second largest festival in the world. And having started as a sort of, you know, North Sea Jazz Festival Cape Town, the Cape Town Jazz Festival is now just world-renowned, and it's, it sort of fits so perfectly into the building. It looks like it's always meant to have been there. And it's in its 11th year now, so it's... Now, there's always there's been talk, and I'm sure it's coming soon, the extension of the CTICC. Where are you going to go on, in well, that sort of if area? You can, if you can picture eastward over Adley Street, there's, a, there's an area, a sort of empty parking area in front of Naspers yes. towards the Artscape. That whole area is going to be redeveloped. And it would really close the loop in that bottom end of the city because even that was a dusty sort of unused part. And it's now become the sort of de facto businessy part of town. And I think if we close that loop to Artscape and the IRT, it will literally be like a continuous arts and entertainment district. So it'll double the size of the convention center, which people often can't, can't imagine. But that's the kind of demand. We, we literally have more demand than supply most, most times of the year. So. Now, being a long-haul destination, how does that affect our international conferencing here in Cape Town? Well, our goal is to be the world's top long-haul destination. and We're we're probably in the top 20 in terms of long-haul destinations, but we're up against Australia, Asia, North America. You know why we're so so successful is we set ourselves the goal of being the world leader in sustainability. So we, we, we focus a lot on the CSR element, greening, reducing your carbon footprint and you have to do that if you're going to be long haul and people want to say i'm having my event you know 12 hours flight away you've, you've got to put you've got to put back and you've got to be responsible about it and we've we've won that battle we recently won an award for the world's best sustainability report just because of the comprehensiveness with which we we deal with issues of sustainability community um, impact in terms of job creation and then the, the normal greening stuff you know so that's how we do it we really just do our bit to make sure you we tread lightly on the environment now, Saturday is the big day. It's an open day, so people can come along and have a look and literally explore the convention centre, probably areas that they never would have seen if they hadn't come to the open day. Tell well, me about well, your I'm, open I'm day. I'm still amazed that when people ask me that they've never been there. You know, if, mm. So if you've never had the opportunity to come to the Good Food and Wine show or to the Jazz Festival, here's your chance to just come and have a cake and tea and parking's free. Oh, that's a bonus. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I know that's a much spoken about point, but the point is this is our open day. We want you to come and experience it. And we're going to have little setups of a wedding or a conference or a product launch or an exhibition. And you know that the... The, the sort of what's become quite known this last week has been the reversing the legacy. Yes, that's been n- a big 1913 yes. expo, the, the, mm. the centenary celebration, and we've asked it to to stay on, and it's on until Saturday. Oh wow! But in okay. the context of 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 the father of our nation, Madiba, if you've never, for young people, you know, the sort of born freeze. Bring, bring your kids along and it's free. Come and experience this exhibition because it gives you a real sense. But we're really lucky to have that. So you'll be able to, in one day, experience all the elements, even back-of-house tours. I mean, we have the, the biggest kitchen in the Southern Hemisphere, I think it is. So it's, it's an amazing operation to see front and back-of-house. And it's, it's just all open and ready for people to get a, 
share with us on, on what how we create these amazing experiences. The one thing that, that's very impressive about what you do at the CTICC is that you very much involve the community. I think you're involved with one of the cookery schools locally here. Tell me a little bit about that's what right. you I do mean, there. We used to tie up closely with Iziko Cooking School mm. and we've recently also partnered with Mitchell's Plain School of Skills and they train people um, in cooking and in um, carpentry and so forth. But for example, for the Jazz Festival, we hire 300 additional chefs just for that week. Wow. Okay. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing for a young person who's, who's, in, who's at a cookery school on the Cape Flats to be able to say, I worked at the Jazz Festival, we cooked for 20,000 people. And it's amazing for me when I go to restaurants in Cape Town or hotels and I see people who say, hey, Mr. Tovey, I used to work at CDICC. And it's just, it's, it's a very satisfying feeling. Mm. And I feel like we're a bit of an academy of training for hospitality because people come in, you, you experience this kind of world of, of sort of excellence without compromise. I mean, we, we're a place where, where you can, we unashamedly just, want to be the best of the best and so we, we're pretty hard on people but you come out there having known what it means to be top top class service excellence you know so yeah so we, we involve the community from that point of view our other charities are Abalimi Besikaya the, the food gardens and on Saturday morning we're actually selling these baskets of vegetables I think they're 80 rand each and we'd like the community to support that and if we don't sell them all, we've agreed to just buy them all because we, we're then going to make soup and take it to our third charity, which is the Haven Night Shelter. And again, we, we're citizens of Cape Town. We, we love the streets to be safe, but I also feel responsible for those people who live on the streets. So the Haven Night Shelter is our third charity. And the fourth one, which we're going to sort of feature, is um, FAR, the, the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research. Oh, right, yes. And again, we're in that business of selling food and and so we just want people who are pregnant and to not drink to drink responsibly so those are our charities and we, we're going to be sort of promoting that for the day you had your staff very involved um, right I think today was the last day was it when they were going to do something with their own personal charities what, what was that that's right well, well we we decided to go and do we've got a, a few legacy projects I mean the one mm. that I have been quite passionate about is that we we recently refurbed our carpets and they're in Perfect condition for your average home, but just not for sort of the international standards. So we took 3,000 square meters of carpets. Now that is a lot of carpets. That's about 150 <laughs> rooms. And we've gone and given these carpets to various community projects. And it's just amazing to see the pictures of what people have done in schools and so forth. We even had World Economic Forum had this amazing amount of plywood and perfectly good wood. And Mitchell's Plain School of skills pick that up and have built structures that they're using so that's another sort of reusing the thing we've done but then this week with our staff we've gone out to various schools on the cape flats i went along to the one in bonteville where we fed 1200 kids and and the teacher said that was probably the only sort of hot meal a lot of those kids had mm. sort of soup and bread and, and things like that so we've just been doing that with staff so that they can also feel part of the sort of legacy of us being 10 years because the I mean, the raison d'etre, like sort of the reason for being for the convention center is ultimately economic spin-off and job creation. And I think it's, I don't think people are aware that the cumulative job GDP spin-off of the convention center in its 10 years has been almost 20 billion rand. Wow. It's almost 2, bi 2 billion rand a year. And that is in terms of the foreign exchange that comes in because of events that we run. So that foreign exchange translates into jobs. Um, in the tourism economy, taxis, hotels, and so forth. So it, it really is an economic 
modern-day factory, like an engine for the creation of economics. You know, people driving into the city in Cape Town, you, you see this huge building, beautiful building, you see this huge building and you think, well, that's just the convention centre. I don't think people really think too much about all the other things that you are putting back into the community. You know, you sort of have this in your head, well, that's just the building, and people go and they do whatever they do yeah. in the building. But the building it's, is giving back to the community in a big way. And, you know, and we... We don't want the place is special, so it's it's got high standards, and mm. I don't think people know it's a municipal entity. It is it is the equivalent of the Good Hope Center or the national the, the local pool. So so we've shown that you can take a municipal asset, run it like a professional business, be uncompromising about quality, and that's why we do charge. It's never free, but our responsibility is not to give it away for free, but to create something that people can be proud of. And that actually gives back to the community in the way of creating jobs and creating small. I mean, we, we, we almost, I think we have about 30 suppliers of, of stuff that we spend our 150 million round turnover on every year. And they are women-owned businesses, small businesses, black-owned businesses that are benefiting from being the, the meat supplier or the veggie supplier to CTICC. So it's, it's, it's very satisfying. And one of the other big spin-offs for Cape Town, of course, is the tourism that comes with it. I mean, you can't underestimate that we... You know, the interesting thing is the convention center's peak periods, and I think everyone knows when Cape Town's busy. Our peak periods are um, March, April, May, and then August, September, October, November. So, so can you see it's counter-cyclical mm, to, to, to December, January, February. So we, we're very quiet during that period, but we bring we fill the hotels often on, on the large events we have during those off-peak periods. And that is the, that's the reason why you have convention centers. They, they, they just sort of spread that load in the tourism economy. And we, I certainly am excited by the, some of the legacies we've got from the World Cup, the IRT, even the stadium. I think Cape Town needs those things. You, you can see it as a wasteful expenditure, but I actually think to be a world-class city, you've got to have such assets. And it's just up to us to attract, bring people here, and, and, and start to use them, you know, to sweat those assets. Yeah. <laughs> and it's doing really well. And we mentioned the extension of the buildings. What other big plans, any exciting conventions coming up? Well, the end of the year, we have a large 10,000-person AIDS conference, one that was in Durban a while back. Oh, we we, we yes. have that in mm. Cape Town. Um, yeah, God, I'm trying to think of the ones that are, that are key in the next year. We've just There's had the so world, many of the pediatric now. cardiology one. I mean, yes, when I you have that, that. You, mm. have the, you have the Globes cardiologists. I can't think of one right now that's coming up in this but next cycle. the thing about something cycle. like that, though, Rashid, is when, when they come, for, for example, for that um, pediatric cardi on cardiology conference, a lot of people wouldn't have possibly been here before, and they'll come to the conference and think, oh, okay, and then come back with their families. So they, it's a return well, we, business we had, generated by the conferences three, as three well. Three or 4,000 delegates all the right kind of people, and these are influential people back back home as well. And, uh, you know, we have the mining in Daba. There's, there's not a single mine in Cape Town. No. <laughs> and yet the world's mining um, fraternity meet in Cape Town. But they are there. They Conversations are being had about investment in infrastructure. And uh, so so even if we had a, an anesthesiology congress and someone decides, well, you know what, we should we should have a test tube factory, in Atlantis, you know, yes. you don't even know. I don't think we've even begun to calculate what is what is hosting forty international conferences had as an impact on society. I know when we had the World Diabetes Conference, the impact on our hotels and on the the understanding of diabetes, because everything was focused on TB and HIV/AIDS, and suddenly something that also kills people was being highlighted because we had the world's specialists in diabetes in town, and so. 
I mean, I'm, I'm doing something on Friday, which is called a masterclass, and it's something I'd like to start. It's in collaboration with the Graduate School of Business, where, where we're opening it up to students to come along to, to experience the subject matter of what's going on at a conference. So there happens to be a big conference about the events industry, and we're having a masterclass at UCT. To, so, so that society, Cape Town also gets to learn from the skills that are in town. And I'd like to see that being played out so that, for example, during um, jazz festival or during mining in Daba, we can have a, an educational masterclass, not at a very, like at an almost free sort of rate in collaboration with the university so that people can, can learn, people who are not even delegates, you know. So that's also one of the legacies we'd like to start. So, so. the CCICC is a whole lot more than just a convention center. I think it's the bottom line of this chat, though, is that people <laughs> suddenly realize, okay, it's not just a building. Absolutely. I mean, I think we our, our sort of motto for this has been we, we've had a decade of really changing people's lives through creating ex exceptional experiences. I mean, it's really about we're a platform for people to create experiences. So we've had we've had matric dances, Livingston High School's matric dance, you know, sort of scheduled to, in our building. So I, that, that makes me really satisfied, mm. you know, that we're not... We've really tried not to be some elitist thing. And on the and other hand, we have it. World Economic Forum and they're heads of state in town. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a great asset to Cape Town. So. If people are wanting to come along on Saturday, what do they need to do? You, you literally can come along. We've, we, between nine and one, we've, we've, it's going to be an open house, an open With day. With free parking, no less. Free parking, which is rare. <laughs> Cake and tea, also free. And then these tours going on all the time. And, um, yeah, an opportunity to speak to a lot of our staff and come and chat about, either, either just come and have a look around or talk about an event you might want to have. And I think you'll be surprised how affordable it is. There's this perception that it's probably very expensive because it's an international convention center, but you'll be surprised. You can come along and have any event from 20 people up to 5,000 people, and, and you probably can afford it. I challenge you to come along and just, just have a look around and share this moment with us. So if you want to explore the convention center, go along on Saturday, 9 o'clock, free parking, mm -hmm. and go and see what there is. Maybe it's something you've been looking for, a venue for something. You can go and see if that's going to suit you. Rashid, thank you so much for joining me on the show this evening, and good luck for Saturday, and continue the good work. Thank you, Karen. It's been fantastic to be here. Rashid Tofia is CEO of the CTICC, that's the Cape Town International Convention Centre. And for more information on the upcoming events or for any information you like on the Convention Centre, take a look at their website. It's www.cticc.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, have you ever heard of a travel company called Bus About. It does travel rather differently in that it's not your usual way to get around and it also appeals to independent travellers who like the idea of seeing Europe, Scotland and Ireland without the hassle of hiring a car. They describe themselves as freestyle travel and their motto is know where you're going but not where it will take you. Sounds rather exciting that. Well I'm joined in studio this evening by Bus About's brand manager Dasha Subramani. Dasha good evening, welcome to the show. Thanks, Karen. So, Busabout, for those who don't know how this works, just explain a little bit. I think a lot of us in Cape Town and Johannesburg particularly know about the hop-on, hop-off city buses. Is this along a similar sort of line where we're going to hop-off, hop-on all over? Busabout is a tour operator. We have hop-on, hop-off flexi trips, loops or one-ways. Uh, it's city-to-city -city coach service with departures every second day helped along by 
our onboard guide and the driver. So basically people can go to a city and stay there for however long they want to stay there and just know that every two days the bus will come back and take them to the next place. That's correct. So if they want to stay for four days, that's fine, or two days, whatever. As long as it's in multiples of two, they can get back on the bus. Yeah, you, you can start and finish the trip anywhere you like. But there are a few rules. The one cool thing is you get to break up your journey and rejoin our network at different destinations or the same place you left the network on the path that you chose. Oh, so if I get off in one city, I can make my own way somewhere else and pick up the bus in a different city if I felt like it? Yes, you can do that. Oh, right. So you don't have to stay in the same city to pick up the connection? No, you don't. Oh, right. Now, you mentioned that you have the hop on, hop off, which we understand. What are loops and one ways? Okay, our loops are, are the, the best picked routes that you choose if you want to see uh, one destination that you set on on traveling on you take a loop and we divide them into the north south or west loop or you can combine all three together and you move in one direction of the network okay so this is just if you're going to one particular place then you just go in you all actually decide where the loop runs and you can pick which one of those loops we'd like to do Yes, and you can do it in your own pace, slow pace or fast pace. Gosh, so we really do have a lot of control over how we travel here. Yes, you do. You have all the control. So this whole, all these offerings are for people over the age of 18. Do you have an upper age limit? No, there's no upper age limit. And what about accommodation? Is this, does this include accommodation or is this just the bus trip we're talking about here? Okay, the hop-on, hop-off network does not include accommodation. All that's provided is uh, the coach network, the guide and the driver. Accommodation can be booked on our website on my trip, and we have specialized rates with the hostels in Europe. Oh, right. So we can actually do a one-stop shop with, with Busabout. We can sort of decide to book the tour, but we can also do the accommodation via your website. It's That's not correct. part of the actual tour. We can do that separately, but together, if you know what I mean. Yes, you can. Because one of the things you offer is a trip doing the Oktoberfest. I mean, that fabulous, fabulous uh, festival, annual festival. Loads of people go there. Tell me a little bit about what you do when it comes to Oktoberfest. We have two different styles of accommodation available at, at Oktoberfest. We have hostel accommodation and camping accommodation. With hostel accommodation, uh, it's a fully included uh, accommodation that includes the coach network to Munich and in Munich, breakfast daily, welcome drinks, walk tours of Munich, and of course, the, the trip to Nichwanstein Castle. So this is more than just going on the bus. You're actually including quite a lot more in the specific package for Oktoberfest. Yes, and including Oktoberfest on the beer grounds. Gosh, okay, so there's quite a lot. And and what are the what are we looking at price-wise here, Dasha? Okay, for camping, four days, it's only from 2,000 rand per person. And that includes the camping plus the tours you mentioned and the entrance to the Oktoberfest. That's right. It includes three nights accommodation, three breakfast, a walk in Munich, a day trip to the Oktoberfest and Nichwanstein Castle and including the very famous Oktoberfest t-shirts. Now this doesn't, as we obviously for 2,000 Rand, we can't obviously expect the flights to be included. So what do we do about booking flights? You can contact your nearest Asata travel agent and they can help you with... So, so that's something flights. we need to do on our own and then we can book the rest of the tour to Munich to the Oktoberfest via Busabout. Or you can contact us directly and we can help you do everything. Okay. So for those, I'm sure there can't be many people in the world who don't know what Oktoberfest is all about, but just for those possibly who don't have a clear idea, do you want to just tell us what goes on there? 
it's more than just beer and pork knuckles. Uh, there's a wealth of historical and cultural background. Oktoberfest takes place every year in September, although we say October. The celebrations were repeated and gradually the festival was prolonged to move forward into September. It starts on the 4th Saturday of the month in September with the opening ceremony and it closes on the 5th of October with the closing ceremony. We have over 7 million litres of beer at the Beer Fest grounds, 89,000 litres of wine, 37,000 bottles of bubbly, 245,000 cups of tea and coffee, and 505,000 chickens consumed. Wow, okay. So obviously, and, and there's all sorts of things. There's pork sausages, lots of pork. It's a very famous favorite dish in Germany is anything to do with pork. So there's lots of that and pork knuckles and all. I mean, it's just the most amazing festival and it's huge. And um, it opens, it sort of runs from the early morning. Well, not early morning, but it starts in the morning. Yeah, the beer hall opens from 10.30 a.m. and it goes up until 11.30 p.m. with the last drink served at 10.30 p.m. Except on a Sunday, they Ex- start earlier. Yeah, on a Sunday, you can be there at 9 a.m. What else is in the area if people are going to the Oktoberfest and they're sort of thinking, well, it's all very well, I'll go for a day or so, but what else is around there that they could go and have a look at? Okay, Schwabing, uh, the area close to the university, has a super wide range of restaurants, cafes and bars. From the ultra cheap to urban trendy, whilst the Kunz Park has the best concentration of nightclubs in Europe, Entrance and drinks can be pricey, but the clubs are awesome, featuring some of the best, most groundbreaking dance music around. And then away from the beer grounds, what else is there? I mean, there's all sorts of other things that they could have a look at. Away from the beer grounds is the famous Nischwanstein Castle, a fairy tale castle commissioned by Mad King Ludwig and Dachau concentration camp, are opposite ends of the wide spectrum of things to see in and around Munich. While the Englischer Garten, a huge park in the heart of the city, complete with jogging, cycling, horse trails and a surfer's wave. And if people are wanting to book for this, Dasha, how do they go about this? How do they get hold of Basabart? You can visit our website on www.basabart.com. You can go to your nearest travel agent or you can contact our reservations department on telephone number 011-280-8400. Okay, and so bookings are open, I'm assuming, for this year's Oktoberfest, and they would, I would imagine, get booked up quite quickly. Is there a limit to the number of people that you can take? Yeah, there are a limited number of people because, as you can imagine, this happens once a year and it gets sold out. So people, need, if they're wanting to go, I suggest they start booking now. Don't, don't leave it until the beginning of September or the end of August. You're probably not going to be able to get on. Definitely. So definitely try and book it as soon as you possibly can. The nice thing about Busabout, though, is that your hop-on, hop-off network can also be combined with things like a trek, a tour, a festival like we mentioned about the Oktoberfest, and or even a cruise. Yes, that's correct. So now, for example, let's just take one of the loops. Um, let's take the North Loop, for example. How does that work? Where do you go? How many countries do you see? Sort of more or less the kinds of destinations that you would be on that particular loop. Okay, the North Loop takes you into six countries and 12 destinations. You can start in Amsterdam, to Berlin, to Dresden, to Prague, to Seski Krumlov, Vienna, Grunau, Salzburg, Munich, Stuttgart, Paris, and you can end in Bruges. So you're getting quite a wide range of places to go to. And as we said, with and with this loop, work the same as a hop on, hop off. So you could 
hop on, hop on and hop off sort of every two days that you can get picked up again? Yes, it does. So effectively, the hop on, hop off works on the loop. So you can pick a loop and do that, or you can pick one of the other destinations that you want to go to. You don't have to do that one. As you said, there's three of them. There's the West Loop and the South Loop that we haven't actually spoken about. But you can also combine these. Yes, you may. So how does that work? You can travel all over the place and uh, just keep getting on and off the bus. Yeah, you can travel from uh, three weeks to six months. You can also combine these loops, which means you can travel the length and breadth of Europe at your leisure. And the, if you're wanting to go off to the La Tomatina, which is an absolutely insane food fight that they do, you suggest that people take the West Loop because that goes through France, Switzerland and Spain. Yes. So what is this tom- La Tomatina? What is that all about? La Tomatina is billed as the world's biggest tomato fight. Visitors should be prepared to be soaked in tomato juice when this quirky Valencia festival gets going. Nearly 20,000 visitors descend annually on this tiny little village just 40 kilometers out of Valencia to throw tomatoes at one another in the world's biggest food fight. It sounds absolutely insane. I I think the last thing in the world I would want to do is to go on holiday to go and get tomatoes thrown at me. But it was apparently started in 1945 as a result of a restaurant food fight and now it's become a a highlight on the summer festival calendar. It just sounds... Would you go and do that, uh, Dasha? Or have you done it? You've done it. Have you done it? Uh, Not as yet, but I plan on doing it. Is it on your bucket list to go and do? It's on my tomato list. (laughs) Well, they they do have some rules. It's not as if people are going to start throwing hard green tomatoes at you because they've got some rules for the festival. Yeah, there's rules. Uh, rules of the tomato festival are you have to squash the tomato before you throwing it at somebody to avoid injuries. Uh, no other projectiles except tomatoes are allowed. Participants have to give way to the truck and lorries. No ripping off t-shirts and. After the second water cannon blast is released, no tomatoes should be thrown. And this only lasts for one hour. You don't throw tomatoes from day to night. Okay, so it's just it's, it's a very defined time that people can go and throw tomatoes at each other. That's right. That's absolutely bizarre. And if people wanted to, I mean, to do this, now we mentioned the loops. Do you want to just tell me a little bit about the cost of those loops? Because you said suggested a specific loop if people wanted to go to the festival. You recommended the West Loop, which if people want to go to the, the La Tomatina, to the tomato festival and get tomatoes thrown at them, you suggested the West Loop. What are we looking at cost-wise for the West Loop, for example? Okay, the West Loop for... Uh, adults is 5031 and if you're a student with an applicable student card you will pay 4800 and also you the, is that one of those packages like we mentioned for the Oktoberfest where you get accommodation and tours and all that included as well the West Loop only includes the coach network the guide and the driver and what if we just wanted to go to the festival do you have a, a special package for the La Tomatina festival we have three options for La Tomatina hostel camping and hotel Okay, so tell me a little bit about what that includes, though. Okay, the hotel includes, for five days, four nights accommodation, breakfast daily, orientation walk of Valencia, festival party night, a return coach from Brunel to the Tomato Festival, day trips to Penascola Beach Town, afternoon session at the beach, and the very famous La Tomatina t-shirt. And you also very kind of give people a cap, a show cap, to keep their hair and their ears clean. I think you need that. To get, otherwise, you're going to be covered in tomato. When does this tour go? When, when does this happen? When does this festival occur? The festival takes place on the 25th and the 27th of August. 
And so, but people obviously would need to book now as well. Is there, are the numbers limited to go to this festival? Yes, it is very limited. And you got to book earlier to avoid disappointment. Okay, obviously like with the Oktoberfest, the flights are not included. So that is for your own account. You need to organize your flights. But the um, you can organize, all the, if you're going to do the festival itself, there is a package which includes accommodation, which you can find out as well. Dasha, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Sounds wonderful. Don't know if it's something up my alley to go and do, but it sounds like a whole lot of fun. And I hope one day you get to go and do it yourself. Thank you. I was speaking there with Dasha Subramani. She's the brand manager for Busabout. And if you'd like to find out more about this festival or about any of the other offerings that they have, you can have a look at the website. It's www.busabout.com or t- call them on their reservations desk, 011-280-8400, 011-280-8400. Time to travel with Karen Key. I received an email the other day from somebody called Alpha Joe, and he's a teacher by profession, and he's currently working on a program that will enable youth from Zimbabwe to visit South Africa, join with South African youths here, in, in obviously in South Africa, and then hopefully the South African youths will then get to go to Zimbabwe. Alpha, good evening. Welcome to the show. This is an amazing program. What inspired you to do this? I was uh, inspired by the Robben Island uh, uh, people. They actually invite youth from different provinces in South Africa and they go for what they call a, a spring school. And then one time when I was teaching in Jobek, I happened to take some youth there from, his, I mean, students, high school students from Johannesburg to Robben Islands. I went through their program, the spring school program in 2010. And then last year, invited me again for another workshop with the youth and I discovered that there was space because uh, what they do is they only invite youth from these provinces to Robben Islands and and we don't have a situation whereby youths also go to other places like Eastern Cape, Limpopo and, and they probably Zimbabwe, Namibia, Mozambique. So I, I actually talked to them last year and say, why can't we invite the youth directly from other countries so that they start to interact and talk about problems that affect the youth at regional level? And they, 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 they took up the idea and we tried to work out that plan. Unfortunately, the youth that we invited from Zimbabwe, they couldn't come because of financial uh, constraints. So that is actually the then I'm trying to pursue the program again this year. But now uh, I, I, I didn't want to involve them because I disappointed them a lot, especially Noma China, Luvuyo, and the Vuvu. Uh, they, they, are, they are very good people, and I didn't want to disappoint them. So what I did was I just want to see if that program can work. And then from then, probably I can start to involve them again. But my idea is youth should uh, come from Zimbabwe, South Africa this year, and then next year we try to organize youth from here to go to, to Zimbabwe. Now, we, we the, the program actually involves parents uh, to avoid, you know, any suspicion of, uh, of human trafficking or any other things of some sort. So we, we, we what we do is uh, the group that is coming from Zimbabwe will bring, will actually be accompanied by a parent or a, a teacher or and someone who is very responsible and professional who can be accountable. And then when we take children from here, from South Africa, 
they definitely need to be accompanied by parents. So the program actually involves parents. What is nice, though, as well, Alpha, is that it's not just about the tourism. You, you're bringing them out. You, you're looking at possibly bringing them to, in Johannesburg to Constitutional Hill, to Marapeng, and then Cape Town, to Robben Island, and all sorts of other things, and then going up to Zimbabwe, to Victoria Falls, to the Zimbabwe ruins. There's lots of things in a tourism aspect that you could take them to see, but you're also looking at more than just showing the children what there is to yes, see. It's yes, more. It's all about yes, this interacting right. between each Actually, other. We, we are going to draw up a program whereby these uh, students are going to uh, go through some workshops uh, here in South Africa, and they are going to discuss issues. If you look at our Facebook, you, you, you find that we also actually discuss about uh, HIV issues, a drug, and uh, alcohol abuse, uh, gangsterism, and uh, a lot of things that affect the youth. So we, what we are trying to say is that uh, the, children, uh, the students are actually able to interact at a regional level Besides just doing tourism, you know, they, they interact culturally. They, they sort of, it, it will be like a cultural exchange program, sort of. But, you know, we touch a lot of things. How many children are you looking at bringing down from Zimbabwe and how many are you looking at taking from South Africa to back to Zimbabwe? You see, uh, at the moment, I'm trying to organize about five. It's very expensive for, you know, we, we don't have financial resources. At the moment, I'm trying to raise uh, funds on my own because... I don't know whether I will be able to get uh, funding from other sources, but what we basically am going to look at is about five students, and each they will, uh, each student will actually require about three hundred uh, United States dollars. I'm going to organize also some students here from Cape Town who are going to meet them in Johannesburg. Uh, that's about three. I'm expecting about three students from here. And then they, they will meet them in, in, in Johannesburg. Then they will accompany them to Maropeng. And then from Maropeng, they might also spend a day probably in Pretoria. And then they come down to, to Cape Town. And then uh, when they get to Cape Town, and then we expect to, to mobilize a, a larger group now, which will go around uh, with these, uh, these uh, visitors around Cape Town and showing them all other places like Robben Island, Sebu Mountain, and other, and other places. I think that's the, 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 the ideal of the program. But we, we, we might want to bring as many uh, students as possible, but the limitations are always uh, a problem. We have got uh, financial resources limitations. Well, how do you choose the students, Alpha? No, they join on, on their own. We don't choose. We, 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 we allow all youth to join. And then from there, if those who are, uh, for instance, who are very active, then they would actually go. So from Zimbabwe, I'm coordinating with other adults there. They, 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 they've got their own way of choosing them. And if people are wanting to find out more about the whole program, it, you have a Facebook page. It's called Integrated Youth Project. And is, yes. all, is all this information on that Facebook page? Yes, and also my email is alphajoe05 at yahoo.com. They can actually email me. And, and of course, my number is 074-381-2482. They can phone me. And then I'm very free to work with anyone anyone who is willing. Already we have got uh, one medical student at Tiger Bay Hospital who is, uh, 
we actually showed interest in the program and um, still going to work with her. And think she will help us a lot in issues like uh, HIV and AIDS. So because she's a medical student and I hope we are, they, our, our youth are going to benefit a lot. So I'm trying to get as many people as possible to, to get involved, as many youth as possible to get involved. We, we don't discriminate. So, as I mentioned before, if you want to find out anything about this program going out that that Alpha is putting together, have a look at the Facebook page. It's Integrated Youth Project. And you, Alpha, by the sounds of it, you don't just need students and financing. You also need people to get involved with setting up workshops. And like you mentioned, this medical student at Tigerberg, you need lots more than just the, the students themselves. You need other people to help you with the program. I do really need a lot of people to be involved because the, the, the whole uh, project is about youths and adults. You know, the youth, the, the adults will play the facilitative role, yet uh, in, then the ad, uh, we, we, we want to see our youths actually, you know, getting you know, interactive skills and uh, leadership skills and stuff like that. So we actually want to involve a lot of people as much as possible who can help us in, in different ways in their skills, those who can offer. We, we, we are free to work with other organizations. We, we don't have any problem with that. Alpha, it sounds like a wonderful plan, and hopefully you'll have a lot of support, and I will give out all those contact details again. But thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you. I was speaking there with Alpha Zhao, and if you'd like to find out more about this program, have a look at the Facebook page. It's Integrated Youth Project. And if you'd like to call Alpha, if you've got some ideas or if you have some way that you can possibly help with any of the of the things that he was mentioning there, you can call him on 074-381-2482. 074-381-2482. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Corinne Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. But before I go, just a reminder, if you're wanting to pop along to the CTICC this weekend, open day on Saturday. Pop along, 9 o'clock in the morning, free parking, I've been told, on numerous occasions this evening. No, never normally happens. So if you want to pop along, free parking, pop along and have a look. Well, I'll be back with you on Monday evening next week, just after 9, with a law report when attorney Michael Bagram will be joining us again to talk about labor law. That's the law report on Monday, the 1st of July. You need any information about something you've heard this evening, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, Travel on SAFM. Well, Stephen Kirk is up now with some nighttime music. Hello, Stephen.